Welcome to the Mission Remix Podcast. Throughout history, God has been on mission to redeem the world and reconcile those living within it to himself. The gospel which serves to accomplish this remains the same, but the styles and ways God's people on mission locally frame it for those in their own culture and neighborhoods change. Like some artists, ministers with a mindset to carry out God's mission where they live, they take the familiar words of a song and then arrange it and mix it to have a fresh hearing to their own audience who needs to hear it. These are their stories. These are their methods. This is the Mission Remix Podcast. And welcome back to the Mission Remix Podcast. I'm Tico Montoya along with Brian Sadler. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic in these uh, holiday times and uh, happy to be here today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. Feliz Navidad. That's, that's Feliz a, Navidad You want to well. sing for us? You got a song Feliz for us, Brian? Navidad. Okay, let's stop right there. All right. So great, great, great. Oh, man, so, that's cold. I, I know it that's is. No, but it's not cold that cold outside. But I heard cold. that during Christmas we're supposed to have some cold weather. We're supposed to have some cold weather. So, um, but anyways, well, thank y'all for listening to us today. Today, we're going to take a look at missions. We're going to be back in that missions, um, kind of that, that little window of missions again, specifically foreign missions. Um, a couple months ago, we looked at local missions in the context of the Houston area, as some of y'all remember. Um, but in the month of December here at South Main, we're focusing on international miss- missions as we learn about where God is at work in the world. Um, December is a wonderful month to remind us of Advent and to remind us of Christ coming to this earth. And I want to start off by reading Isaiah um, 7, 14, and this is what it says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And so today we will go on a journey as we talk with international missionary Nikki Arman and learn about her experiences and her faith in the context God has called her to do. So, Nikki, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Wonderful, wonderful. And um, Nikki, well, let's start off. And why don't you tell us a little about yourself and the ministry that God has called you to do? Sure. Thank you guys for having me. Um, my name is Nikki, and um, I've lived here in the Dallas area my entire life. And uh, the Lord called me to go overseas. Um, I've been in back and forth in Chad since 2013, just short term, off and on. But more recently, He's called me to be there long term. And so I am just finishing up my first three year term in Chad. Um, Chad being located right in the central part of Africa, northern part. Um, it borders uh, Niger and Nigeria and Sudan on the other side, up north, Libya. Um, and so right smack in the middle, heartbeat of the continent. I'm glad you said that because I was going, Chad, where is that? I've never heard of that at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know. You probably have a friend named Chad, but no, not that. No, I don't have Chad a friend named Chad, but oh, I was okay. thinking about those Chads, you know, on the votes back in 1990 or whatever it was. Isn't that what they were called? I think so. Yeah. I think so. So, so yeah. you're, you're in Chad, though, in Africa. So yes, exactly. And when I tell people that, I have to say Chad, Africa, because they, they say, who's that? Right. Yeah, no, I was clueless. I was going. <laughs> he was about know, to ask, who's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going, is that, you know. Is that a fiance or, <laughs> you know, what, what, what so, is that? Uh, but about, about Chad, is it, because I know that they have province, is it provinces or, or, you know, we have states, mm-hmm. you know, within our 
country. So how, how does it break out like politically, governmentally in terms of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, the geographics, I guess. Yeah. I'm just curious. Um, yeah, it's mainly, we don't have states. They're mainly well, yeah. known as like just territorial areas, but okay. it's just names of the cities or the villages um, broken up into just pocketed areas all throughout the country. Okay. Um, but most of the country is going to be habited, you know, the middle part of Chad and the southern part of Chad. The northern is all Saharan desert. Really? Wow. So that that's actually pretty cool. To, that really to, is. It gets to, cool in the desert at night. Hot during the day, cool at night, you know? Not yes. cool like the other side of a pillow, but yes. it gets pretty cool. <laughs> um, but, okay, so so as tell us a little bit about um, how why Chad? Yeah, great question. And uh, I'm still working on how to give a good explanation of that to people because mm-hmm. I never knew anything about Chad, nor had heard about Chad either. Um, but long story short, I came across some friends um, at my church back in 2013 who um, were missionaries and were heading off to Chad. I was in the process of going to Chad with some friends who worked with an oil company. So I was going there just to say, hey, I've never been to Africa. I would love to go visit where you work. And in wow. the process of that, came across some missionaries at my church who were sharing about Chad. They were with the organization that I am now with. Um, we ended up all on the same flight heading out to Chad, and that was back in 2013. And oh, so, wow. yeah, in that process, I met a bunch of people, came back to the States, um, pursued this organization, went there short term to teach, and then came back, and now I'm there long term. So it's been quite a quite a journey for almost 10 years now. Wow, so God's been at work, mm-hmm. and, and just an exploratory trip, and boom, he said, why, <laughs> Nikki? I've got something a little bit more for you, yes. and, and you are willing. You are willing to go. You're yes. So go. when you say that you're there, like what is there? Is there, um, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a main building or a site or a, you know, office complex. I mean, I was sure there's probably not something sophisticated as that, or maybe there is church. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a church? Um, or where do, where do you operate from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great question. And so our, our, our team, um, is makes up about 50 adults and we all are broken up into different ministry teams and we're scattered all across the country. Most of us being in villages using some kind of platform, um, to be there because it's a predominantly Muslim village. And so they'll use a platform to just be in there and to build relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm based outside of the capital city, and I'm on a, a Christian education team that works with Christian teachers. Okay. But we do a lot of traveling because we do trainings. Okay. So I'm really all over the country, but based um, in a village outside of the capital city is where I currently left when I left from Chad just a bit ago. Okay, so so and and I know you're you're on leave until when will you head back? Yeah, so I'm on home assignment is what they call it, and it basically is a time to just reconnect with supporters, reconnect with churches, share, educate people, spend some time with family, friends, and then I go back at the beginning of May, and we'll start my second term. And I I understand. I heard you talking earlier that you surprised your parents. (laughs) They had no idea you were coming. No, they knew I was coming home. They didn't know the exact date, and so uh, my this is up and down. Yes, it was quite, I was very nervous. I thought I was going to give them a heart attack, but they both just celebrated their 70th birthday. So my brother and I were orchestrating 
a surprise birthday party for them okay. with their friends. So they showed up to the surprise birthday party, surprised by the friends, and then I came in and they... Bang, yeah, that's wow. awesome. It was quite the day. I'm sure they were excited. <laughs> yeah. Best birthday present ever, you know, for great. them. Especially in time for the holidays. They were, but they said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> as parents can do. As parents will say, they, yeah. no matter what, we're always their children. Yeah, <laughs> don't, exactly. And you listen. We yeah. listen to them. We well, listen exactly. to them. I wanted to ask you about the villages you said that... Um, that you minister to, uh, in, in particular, what is the existing religion or, or what are their religious beliefs, um, or that you face or that you, in, you know, encounter, um, as opposed to Christianity? Yeah, great question. So Chad is predominantly Muslim. Um, and okay. yeah, so the, co- the government is Muslim, um, predominantly that's what the country is. Uh, most of the Christians will live down South, but, um, where our teams are located are specifically among communities of the Muslim people. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's kind of twofold because we partner alongside the local church. We want to come alongside them, um, support them, disciple them. Um, so that's its own separate ministry. And then another ministry with Muslim outreach. It's two completely different worlds. It's two different mm, languages. Yeah. It's two different cultures, way of thinking. Totally. Yeah. So I trying to see. balance all that. Yeah. I'm, I, I find it really fascinating because I'm sure that, you know, it's like literally Greek to them for you to, you know, to say, well, this is what we believe or this is what God's word says or the Bible says, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what are some of their responses that, you know, or I guess they're, are they in just total shock or dismay or denial or are they open or is it a, a combination of all of the above? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of the above. I think, you know, one of the things that can be discouraging for workers is um, what people would think the speed of trying to get people to, to convert because, mm-hmm. you know, it's very difficult working with Muslims in that, in that context because their entire community and identity and everything is wrapped up into that. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of investment to learn the language, to understand the culture, to build the relationships, to have those conversations. You know, ideally we want to create safe spaces where we can discuss, Hey, this is what you believe. Let me tell me more about it. And then let me show you about what I believe. Um, but we're seeing actually quite, to be quite honest, a lot of Muslims coming to faith through vision and dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's a reality that's happening in places like that. And then they come to missionaries saying, I just had this dream. What does this mean? Mm. And it's a door to talk about it. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Um, I've heard that a lot that, that that happens in Muslim countries. You know, Muslim is a predominant faith that you get a lot of, of dreams and they want explanation of those dreams and God moves in those powerful ways. You think it's just an Old Testament thing, but it's still God is still at work in those moments. And he puts his people in the right place, you know. Um, interpreter like a Joseph in, in some ways interpreter of dreams and say hey what does this mean and, and sit down it opens up the door for those conversations so you know and I'm sure and one of the questions we want to ask you is some of those struggles that y'all have and I'm sure that is you know but what, what are some of the struggles you'll have at least maybe y'all have but what about those that that are exploring the Christian faith or maybe become Christian what are some of the struggles that they face 
Yeah, so I'll start. Um, I'll start with kind of what our work is. Like I said, I work with Christian teachers. Um, so remember, Christians are the minority. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we come alongside these teachers where the local church want to plant schools, and I say school as like a thatch-roofed building and a hundred kids sitting mm-hmm. in the sand. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not talking about the kind of schools we see here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll start a school in these villages where there's no schools at all. And the people are excited about it because there's something, and then they'll just want to put a body in there, somebody who's not even trained, really, who -hmm. calls themselves a teacher. And so they'll go, but they're not really trained, and it's a Christian, but all of the students that that they're working with are all Muslim. And so it's a really neat opportunity, us coming alongside these Christian teachers, but there's a lot of challenges. Um you know, lack of resources, they're yeah. not trained. The amount of teachers that I've come across that can't even read. Wow. It's unbelievable. Wow. So that, I mean, there's some really big challenges that they are trying to implement a curriculum that they're mimicking from a French curriculum because it's a French I was going to ask, what, what, what's the what's primary it? language? It's, so the Christians are going to speak French and the Muslims are going to speak Arabic. Wow. So that's another issue we're having. We have Muslim kids coming to these Christian schools not knowing any French, and they're having to learn academia in another language. Mm. So, so <laughs> is, Goodness is, gracious, yeah. is your uh, material or, you know, is it printed in, in Arabic? Yeah, well, so again, these schools that we're working with, they're all mimicking and get their curriculum b- based off of what they're given by the government, and it's French So it's French. Based. Okay. Yes. And so the students, ideally, they have to learn French. Wow. Okay. Um, it's really complicated. Yeah, no, I can see that. It's yeah. very complicated. And do, how many, I mean, an average person there, I mean, how many different languages might they speak? Yeah, great question. I would say a typical Chadian probably knows four or five, six languages. Because okay. okay. they'll speak French. They've learned it in school. Um, they'll speak Arabic, mostly um, and then what other two or three other tribal languages mm-hmm. that they know, and they have to learn these languages to communicate to different people from different tribes. Yes. I yes. mean, so yeah, I, I, I went in there very humbled, like just uh, yeah, like, I, would, I uh, can't even speak two languages. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so over the, over the years, have you learned yes. languages? Yeah. So French, I've really focused on French the last three years. I feel comfortable in French now. I really wanted to get that down because my ministry mainly is to Christian teachers and um, supporting them and encouraging them and discipling mm-hmm. them. Um, and I do trainings and I needed my French to be at a level that I can, you know, do a training. I want it to be at a level I can express myself and talk about deep spiritual things mm-hmm. when you're going through discipleship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm at a comfortable level. When I go back, I'm going to start Arabic because the same time as I'm living in a Muslim community mm-hmm. and I need to be able to communicate to my neighbors. Right. So that's what will be next. Wow. That's one of my prayer points. Language, please. Language, <laughs> language. And, and yes. knowing, because what you're doing um, is knowing your neighbor. Yes. You know, and you've got lots of different types of neighbors, yes. you know, that, 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 that religiously, mm-hmm. um, language, linguistically, mm-hmm. and you've got culturally. I mean, uh, I'm sure that, I mean, just coming in and all the different avenues of things. And, and here you are um, born in the U.S. and going to, 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 to there. And 
um, dealing with that, you know, on top of the, all the different language, you know, the lingu- linguistics of it all and the culture and religious and just just amazing just how it all just seems like a whirlwind to come through. But you have to God has to put you in the right place, at the right time. But he's going to challenge you yes. to stretch yourself. Yes, it's a very humbling process. Wow. So yeah. how long did it take you to learn? I mean, you said, I mean, how long did it take you to learn the French? Yeah, I think, you know, when I left, you know, back in, you know, a couple of months ago, I felt like I'm at a decent place. I can have conversation. I can sit with women on a mat and have, you know, a couple hours of conversations. Um, and I started that three years ago. So again, you know, it's a process and I have found myself where, uh, the, when I've been put in really uncomfortable places, like just sitting in somebody's house on a mat, I can't understand them, but you're having to be immersed in that. That's mm-hmm, where I saw mm-hmm. the most growth. So that was one of my things that I took away. Like it's in those uncomfortable places where you're where sort you, of forced to learn. You see the growth. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and you need to, to yeah, yeah. I see, I can see that merge yes. coming together. So you are, uh, I mean, amongst other things, and t- like in, in addition to reaching your neighbors or speaking to your neighbors, um, and sharing Christianity with them, your primary, I guess, that God has put you there for is to equip these teachers that are already there that are Christian and make them better learned teachers, I guess, so that they can then carry on the ministry. So yeah. that's, that's critical. I think yeah. that's really important. Yeah, that's my that's where my heart is, is discipleship of already the believers that are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's You know, so I mean, cool. we're in a world today where anything can happen and the government can say all foreigners leave. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's got to be the local church that can stand strong Absolutely. And, and share their faith with the unreached. Right. And, well, is uh, there, I'm sure that, I mean, I, I know that's true. I feel like, I feel like even here in the United States, you know, we've, we've started seeing some of that bizarrely. Um, but has there been some moments where you have undergone some persecution or threat or? Yeah, not, and I was. I don't ex- mean like jail time. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You know, but yeah, that's a good question. I was explaining earlier too that, you know, for me, I don't feel that as much as my Christian brothers and sisters in Chad do. The locals. Um, Yes, the nationals. Um, Because they're the minority and in the history of the country, they have been experiencing lots of hardship most of their life. You know, the prices in the market will be different for them. More Mm. expensive. Mm. Job, availability of jobs. As opposed to for you, you mean? No, opposed to like Muslims. Uh, Muslims. Gotcha. So they're the ones that are experiencing a lot of hardship. They're discouraged. Um, They have, uh, from my experience, they have little desire to interact with the Muslim community. Mm. Um, mm. And that is something that we are coming alongside the church through discipleship and sharing them what God's vision is for, for the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I, it's hard. It's a, it's tension because I'm not in their shoes and I'm not experiencing what they're experiencing. Right. But yet, you know, the Lord says to go and tell and go talk to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's kind of what we're doing and where my heart is. And the, the really unique thing about teachers, where they're at and their population of people that they're interacting with is the unreached. And the idea that they have them right there and to understand what it means to imitate Christ's love mm-hmm. to these kids, to the parents, mm-hmm. to share. Um, they share God's word through Bible storying. That's what's implemented mm-hmm. into their curriculum, and we do training on that. 
They have to be very what do you careful mean? about explain, that. Explain that. Storying, yeah. yes. Yeah, so like he they wouldn't just come into a classroom and start reading out of the New Testament. They would get a lot of pushback from parents. Um, so that kind of society, that's an oral society. They love stories. And they'll listen to stories. They'll listen to any kind of story, too, in the Old Testament. Uh, that's okay. So we do a lot of training on how they can create and take sections of the Bible, use it as a story, and to implement that into their curriculum throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So it's sharing God's word in a way that um, is creative in that type of setting. It it gives me goosebumps right now because this is exactly what Jesus did with his parables. They're stories of the truth of of God, Mm -hmm. of the truth of salvation, you know, because Jesus in his genius knew that, like like then and even these people now love people love to hear stories yes. something that they can relate to that they can apply to their own lives like oh well I could be a farmer you know or I might be someone who you know et cetera et cetera so I just find that really cool yeah. that you know when you say they really love stories I mean I think we all still Absolutely. you know and to teach God's truth through those vehicles and and in that way it's really neat and I don't know if we appreciate the patience that y'all have to have. Mm-hmm. You know, in an oral society, um, to to be able to be patient enough, to, you know, because the story will take time to develop. You know, number one, but then to, but that's how you talk relationally. It, it like I think you even said it takes time. You just can't, you just don't go in and here. And I think when when you said when you were talking with Trish um, and Pastor Daniel, Doctor Crowther. And you were talking to him over there. <laughs> and uh, when you were talking to them, you said how just how amazingly how just busy it is here. You know, you get here. You, you, that was your comment here. Um, but then you go to to your the culture that you are in, engaged with and just how it's so different. Mm-hmm. It's so different. You know, our culture, you know, or the U.S. culture, Western culture, I guess you could say Western culture versus, mm-hmm. you know, different types of culture, Eastern culture, whatever it may be in in, in, in your context. And it's so slower. But at the same time, the appreciation for the oral society to be able to say, hey, I'm going to share this story, but to develop stories, to understand the stories and the meanings of those stories and to pull those out and then to say, hey, well, then this Bible story can match up here and be patient and say, OK, I'm going to do some work here and then train to do that. And then they can implement that and it may take some time to soak in, but they, you know, folks will appreciate that because that's their culture yeah. because it's oral. Yeah. It's oral. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, a, a lot of planting of seeds in those stories, you know, and I'm sure there's follow up to the stories you can easily reference back mm-hmm. to. I'm mm-hmm. sure you remember the story we were talking about last week, yeah. you know, and then they'll be able to recall that and you'll be able to proceed. Absolutely. You know, I can see that, that working and, and how God is doing that. Well, that's so cool right. for you to be able to do that. And, um, you know, had that kind of experience, not, you know, culturally, certainly, but, you know, that most people don't stop to think about that, this part either, I don't think, but that includes food, like, you know, your diet, which is so drastically different than I'm sure what it is over here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we had Chewies today for our <laughs> um, staff Christmas party. Chicken and beef fajitas. Chicken and beef fajitas, Rice yeah. And so, beans, I mean, you know, de gallo. so you, you know, you, you're having to adapt and all, all kinds of ways to get down to where they are, which is what Jesus did as well. So yeah. I think that's so cool and so important for our, our listeners to hear that 
you know, wherever we are, absolutely, we, we need to, as you said, be relational. That means, you know, going into the trenches mm-hmm. um, to connect with that person. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think, you know, for me and for us Americans or whoever going to a different culture, you know, we really, my first goal, the first year in Chad was just to take a step back and take a seat back and just observe, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I made a lot of mistakes cause I don't know. I make the mistake and I learn from it. You know, they eat with their right hand mm-hmm. out of a communal plate. Don't put Not your the left. left hand That's in the there. Dirty hand. Exactly. And I did that on accident. I so, got, what ha- you know, so what happened? I'm just, did they say, no, 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 no. Well, or? they looked at me very, like, I just ruined the whole meal. Right. So it's, it's very offensive. Yes. Wow. But see, I wouldn't know that. And right. I can't beat myself up over it. You know, you learn from it and it's a humbling, humbling experience. But Satan would love for you to beat yourself up right, over and it. Right. And get discouraged. And get discouraged you know? and beat down. Yeah. It is what it is. And even dealing with language. I mean, I could, there's the amount of miscommunications I've had with people because I might not have fully understood them. They might have not fully understood me. Mm-hmm. It's a very humbling process to go in, to learn, to ask questions, to observe, and just to be present and to be a part of it, even though if I don't fully understand what's going on. Absolutely. Don't we Don't we wish, I know I do, that we had more Christians that would just observe and ask questions and be patient. Patient or, or the, the word is... Um, be present yeah. Yeah. In, in the context and that let, God has you in. Because he, he, he does. He has us in every context that he has made us for, whether it's here, wherever you live, and whatever context he has. And for you is in Chad, mm-hmm. and to learn from that context and to be patient. Um, yeah. And I, I think, too, it's really important, and I think it's prof- profoundly obvious, at least it is to me, that uh, they are seeing the Christ in you by your actions you know, how you conduct yourself, you know, in a given situation. And I'm not talking about problem situations, just, just, just I mean, your everyday life there. You know, they're, they're seeing what is, some, why, what is different about Nikki? You know, this, this woman, this new lady that's here or whatever, you know, wh- why, why is she more patient? You know, why does she seem to have this kindness or this, you know what I mean? Like your actions are really letting Christ be seen. And that that speaks volumes, you know, because that you want to talk about observing. I guarantee you, they're mm-hmm. observing a foreigner. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, and, and one, of, you know, earlier when I read um, Isaiah seven fourteen, you know, um, the, therefore the Lord, I'll read it again. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. And um, I wrote this down. It says this verse is so personal and reveals God's heart for His creation. God with us. As we think about God with us, there are some God has called to reveal Emmanuel outside the U.S. And Nikki, you're one of those and um, one of those folks that that gets to do that. Um, I'd like to ask you a a question, two questions um, here. The first one is, is there a story where you can share with us that God was at work in a mighty way and where God was at work in a small way that maybe you might miss, but again, to be present and to see that. But um, maybe those two, two examples. Yeah, and I think, you know, just even mentioning a little bit of what I've been a part of, you know, seeing God work in a mighty way, I think, for us and our team is just the fact that, you know, He's allowed us to be in that country at this time. You know, the uniqueness of Chad that we can be there working under the church and being a part of ministry in these villages that are unreached 
And, you know, the chiefs of these villages are mm. asking us, yes, please come. Wow. You know, they want help. They need our help. They mm-hmm. want help in learning, you know, French or Arabic or, mm. you know, in their schools. And it's an incredible opportunity. And um, many organizations are pushing for Chad right now because it's a very unique place considering it's, you know, com- it's a predominantly Muslim country. You know, there's like almost 80 unreached people groups in this country, and yet you can be there through the church, you can partner with the church, and there's so many um, ways to go into these villages. And um, How do you mean exactly? I mean, I understand, but... Yeah. Just for, our, for the people listening, yeah. what does it mean to go into these villages? Well, for example, we have a team up north, um, and, and you know, our our team leader had approached, went up there and approached the chief up there and said, you know, would what are some, you know, what are some needs that you might have here? And he's like, oh, we have all these needs in the schools and the culture center and this and this and this. Please come, come, come. Well ended up taking us three, four years to get there because we had to get a team. And so, I mean, there's so many opportunities, but not enough people. Mm. And now, praise God, one of the biggest answers of prayer prayer for our team is that we finally launched a team there just this past year. And they're up there now. So, And isn't that a recurring theme that Jesus said, you know, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And that's what we're seeing in Chad. I Mm. mean, there's so much opportunity it's just getting people there and keeping people there it's a very difficult place so we have a lot of turnover Mm. Um, and that's something that we're trying to work through is just member care and how to keep people healthy and Mm -hmm. not only Mm -hmm. physically people get sick a lot and you know medically but physically spiritually all of those things yeah and 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 talk talk about a little bit about some of the basic like water you Mm -hmm. know like i mean i don't because i i'm ignorant i'll admit about chad africa in terms of like is it what's the modernization level i guess in terms of electricity and water and sewage and you know all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. well just to put it to you this way the capital city usually goes weeks without power wow uh, that's, so that's the capital that's, that, city. That was my suspicion. Yeah. So we're not very modernized. We don't. Right. There's a couple of restaurants that are brought in from the French, but nothing, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, no, most people, most nationals, they don't have clean water. They're pulling water from a well that maybe the ladies need to walk miles to go get buckets and carry mm-hmm. it back to their house. But it's still dirty because you got broken. But there's no sewage system. So even during rainy season and stuff, everything just gets contaminated. Wow. So. Yeah, this is this is yeah. legit. Yeah. Yeah. Ministerial, you know, uh, mission work, man. Yeah. I mean, this is. Yeah, people, I mean, people die every year from malaria and typhoid and cholera and all of those things, thousands and thousands of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a, I brought in my own water filter. So you pull water and it filters and that's what I drink. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, no, not clean, access to clean water is very difficult. We have no idea the things we take for granted. Yeah, right. You know, Um, you know, what, what's the primary, um, I guess economically, mm-hmm. you know, like what 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 industry farming mm-hmm. or you know or what what what's the f- major business? Yeah, um, most of the country they're agricultural farmers, and so they'll go out into their fields during the you know the seasons and um, you know bring in whatever their 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 crop is. Their crop is, and we do we have a lot of millet. Uh, like okay. a lot of uh, mm-hmm. grains mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of like peanuts. They'll do a lot of that. 
Um, Don't have a ton of vegetable. A lot of our stuff is imported from Cameroon or other neighboring countries. So Mm. stuff's expensive um, because it's all imported. But those would be the main crops. But again, we're living in the Sahara Desert Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. most of the year it's over 100 degrees. So Not, Not real fertile yes and it's sand and we live in a big sandbox so i mean you know agriculture is hard yeah Yeah. um but it's it's really difficult and people you know will try if they have the money they'll go to university they'll go to school but they come out and can't get jobs so yeah it's challenging well what are um or what i don't i don't want to like pin you down to one specific example but if you have one i guess or if there are a couple that you could share um you know, where you've seen your work and the work of your team and these teachers that you've been, you know, discipling and stuff, um, I don't want pay off is, as, you know, or you've seen results in terms of people being converted to Christianity or, or, or accepting Christ, you know, do you have some? Yeah, yeah, we have seen, and that's what I think um, I was going to fit in even in the uh, sharing a story of A Mighty Way. One of the things that we're really excited about is um, one of our ministry teams that lives way out east. They have just started a team with Chadian missionaries. Mm. These are Chadians who are coming out of the local church who are grabbing that vision and, and want to be a part of, you know, sharing. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're getting it. And so um, this team has, you know, come together. It's mixed with a Canadian couple and the rest are Chadians and they go through curriculum together. Mm. They're doing life together and they're going out and they're sharing. And we have to remember that, you know, a Chadian Christian is going to be a better evangelist than mm-hmm. we are. They Absolutely. have the language, they have the culture, they, they get it, Indigenous. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So coming alongside and they're, they're them. They're hungry and they're yes. excited. And, yeah. Yeah. And that's our whole point is coming alongside the church. That's why we prioritize that because we want them to catch that vision. We want them to be excited and have that desire, that, that fire. God. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, um, and that's what we're doing. We're doing that with our teachers. We're doing that with just, you know, the lay people in the church and leadership in the church. I mean, that really is a high priority for us along with whatever ministry platform mm-hmm. we're doing. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm sure that that is a, I know it's a blessing for me to hear. I know mm-hmm. for you, it's a blessing, you know, to see those, those people come to know Christ and then to see the growth in these leaders and other ones that are, like you said, are anxious, these Chadians to go and share as well as some of the, as a result of some of the work that God has had you do. And, um, you know, I, so that, I want that to be affirming to you, just from you telling, I just met you today and, think, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I, I can see it and hear it and, and, and it's encouraging for me um, to hear that. So I hope that is encouraging to you as well, because sometimes I don't think that we are affirmed as, you know, as, as, as much as we could be sometimes. Yeah. We get beat down and, and stuff yeah. like that. So, and, you know, God bless you for doing that, and especially in these conditions and, yeah. you know, in situations. Thank you. Thank you for serving uh, over in, 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 in what God has for this world. And it's amazing um, because, like I said earlier, you are Emmanuel for so many in your team. And not just you. It's a team. Mm-hmm. And you all work together as a team. I know that you can't take credit for everything. You wouldn't, and I know you wouldn't, so your, your team as well. Um and so here, maybe you could answer this in one question, you know, um, but lately, what has God been challenging you with and what scripture has he really just been driving home with you? 
Yeah. Um, well, like I said, you know, I'm in a completely different season now and um, just being shifted back here to the States. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, before I even came, the Lord just really laid it upon my heart to just be, again, available and present for people here in the States. Um to just share, to share about Chad, to educate people about missions, to mm-hmm. help people know how to come alongside missionaries in their and their local church, um, how to support them well, how to pray for the unreached people of the world. Um, I think sometimes, you know, just having somebody just speak and share about that really helps people to understand that better. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, I'm coming back into a different culture. So I would say that'd be a challenge is just now adjusting again. I'm, I'm what's the time difference. I'm just seven hours. Okay. Yeah. But I think one of the biggest things I mentioned is this idea of busyness. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I came from, you know, yeah, it's busy in chat. It's a different type of busy, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's very relational. It's a very communal uh, culture. So you're sitting with women on a mat sharing meals for, you know, two or three hours, four hours at a time. And it's just conversational and, and relational. And here, you know, it's it's busy. Go, 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 go. It's busy, you know, and I have found myself like, Oh my, I got so much to do, but I, (laughs) you know, so just adjusting to the culture again. Um, and, and being present again and um, being available and present for, you know, to share and educate and help people know how to best support people that are going. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that, that is awesome. That is a, a, it could be, I can see it. And then when you return, mm-hmm. you're going to be, go, 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 go. And you have to yeah, slow back down. Wind it back. Wind it back. Vicky, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you just drink like a bunch of Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, what happened? How many exactly. cups of coffee did you have exactly. you know, while you were in the States? That's you the know? thing, just adjusting constantly yes. all the time with yes. different cultures. and But that's what we even see in Scripture with Paul. You know, Paul changing the way he's approaching the different people groups he was sure. interacting with. Absolutely. And we have to be flexible and accommodating and, and, and doing that so that we can reach the targeted audience that we're wanting to reach. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's probably one of the best points that we've heard today is, is that flexibility and Mm -hmm. adaptation to whatever demographic that God has called us to, to serve and to minister to and to reach out to and and sharing Christ. So, so as you ground yourself, Mm -hmm. as you ground yourself in your, whether you're coming back home, you know, or to the States and whether you're going to go back to Chad, uh, what, what scripture does does God, is he, what 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 are some of those things that ground you, or what he's speaking to you? What, what's he saying? What's he saying to you, to yeah. Nikki? Yeah. So being in Chad, where you know, like I said, it's a pretty you know, at first when you're adjusting to so much, it's a pretty challenging place to live. We're talking language, culture. Mm-hmm. We're talking heat. Um, you know, my house ranging anywhere from a hundred to 110, I don't have air conditioning. I don't have power, um, heat, food, sickness, all of those different things, you know, constantly adjusting to, and there's many discouraging days. And I really found myself in the book of Philippians. Most of the time I was in chat, (laughs) um, just Paul talking about what is our sufficiency? You know, Mm. where do we find joy and where are we content in? Mm. And the one place that I always landed in and just, I even wrote down and have left it in my Bible. I write it everywhere is Philippians 4, 11 through 13. And if you don't mind, I'll just read it. Go for it. Um, But Paul's speaking and he says, I'm not saying this because I am in need for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Mm. And we hear that verse 13 all the time, right. mm-hmm. but it was that before part that really just resonated with me. You know, the secret being him and wherever I am, no matter what the situation is, no matter how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I can be content in him and that's enough. In every circumstance. Yes. Whether yeah. it's 110 degrees yes. or you're about to get 30 degrees. Exactly. You know, I'm to, freezing to here. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, and it's something I mean too. And, Along with that, that you know, God's strength in us is is so strong and perfect in our in our right. weak weakness. Yeah, you know, when we're in those vulnerable situations like that, and yeah. you know, when we allow Him to to move in us like that. So, yeah, in, in the Book and, of Philippians, the theme is joy. Right. I mean, know? yeah, Paul's in prison. That's right. Like, he's writing that book from from prison to exactly. find joy. Like how how exactly. you know, you know. And no matter what circumstance you're in, and what a wonderful time mm-hmm. of year as as we as we wind up. What a wonderful time of Advent to remind us of that joy, you know, and that hope, but that joy. That, that people are around the world are looking for. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that, that we we want to just say, well, it's ours to give. No, it's God's. And we're just responsible stewards, right, to, 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 to pass that joy and to be an example of that joy to others. Um, the, the, the verse that, that I, I want to read before we, we wrap up and, and see how we can pray for you, and Brian will pray for you, is Acts 1.8, and it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you see what Paul, you know, or at least the, the Luke was writing about here. Um, you know, he's talking about local, you know, and it just, it's going out, going out, going out to the ends of the earth. Boy, oh boy, Emmanuel, God with us is such great joy. It's such great joy, mm. you know, so it, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And, and thank you for, for just sharing your heart. Thank you for what you do in your service to the Lord. And I know you're going to share with um, with, with our congregation tonight, Wednesday night. Um, and I know that will be up on probably our website. I know it will be. Um, and so you you will share a little bit of that, this, but this gets our, our listeners, you know, our members and others a little bit more background story to hear. But how can we, how can we pray for you? How can we pray for you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a joy to be here and to share. And I appreciate you guys having me here. Oh, yeah, this it's is been really a really great. blessing. And, um, yeah, I think just, um, like I've mentioned before, just be praying for my time here in the States that not only, you know, would I have some time to rest, but also that the Lord would continue to open up opportunities to share, um, to come alongside, um, the, the bigger church to help them, you know, know how to pray and support their missionaries to pray for the unreached, to have that heart, um, that's what I've been about, just kind of being back here is to just be able to help people, come alongside people. Um, and then you can just be repa- um, be praying for my return back to Chad. I'll go back at the beginning of May, and uh, we'll jump into another new language. Hmm. So prayer for Arabic. <laughs> and, wow. and get this, they will be teaching me Arabic 
with French. <laughs> oh, so God. we're not doing this in English. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. so prayer, please. And then just getting plugged back into the ministry. Um, you know, I'm, I'm praying through some specific things about relocating, uh, relocating to some areas where there's not as much support for teachers. Mm. Um, where I'm at, there's quite a bit of support with various organizations. So just praying through some options of like, Lord, where are you wanting me to go? Where can I be utilize the best to help support teachers. And there's a lot of areas across the country where teachers don't have that support. So just praying through some of that right now as well. Okay, wonderful. Well, um, Brian, will you you offer that that prayer for us? And thank you again, Nikki, yes. Armin. Uh, thank you for coming in. And if uh, for those of y'all that, that um, want to um, pray for her, y'all can pray for her. Um, is there maybe maybe some folk, I don't know if you do a newsletter or anything like that. Do you have an email address or I something do. that can people, what, what is that email address real quick? Yeah, so my email is Nikki.Armin. Spell that out for people. N-I-C-K-I mm-hmm. dot A-R-M-A-N-D mm-hmm. at A-I-M-I-N-T dot org. Okay. Yes, please feel free to email me, and I can add you. I do put out newsletters, and Updates I'm free and to chat with anybody. So, yeah. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining yes, us, definitely. and thank you thank for being you. here. It's such a blessing to have that. Well, Brian, will you will you close us out? Yes, I will. Yeah, thank you. God, we just uh, thank you for Nikki and um, her ministry, Lord. I thank you for putting her where you have to serve you, um, to teach these other teachers, God, and to make them better teachers of you and your truth and your son, Jesus, um, and his salvation that he provides, God. Uh, and thank you for allowing her to do this in a foreign place, God, literally a foreign land mm-hmm. uh, for us, God. And it's you. you we, we heard her describe the situations that she's in. It's not modernized. It's, you know, literally down in the trenches with people sitting down on the ground, um, having lunch in the sand um, with ladies and speaking different languages and, and the various obstacles that she's enduring and willing to endure and overcome for you and for the sake of the call, uh, you know, to reach people for Christ, God. So I just pray that you bless her, God. She has been a great, great encouragement to me today. I know she has a Tico, and I pray that she certainly had an impact on all the listeners out there. God, I know that um, she will be a blessing to our church tonight when she shares uh, her testimony and the things that she's doing over there. Um, It's always encouraging and uplifting to see people Mm -hmm. in the flesh, um, you know, that we do pray for or that we we might support, um, you know, through our uh, missions offerings or whatever to literally see these people um, doing the things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so, God, I do thank you for that. I pray for her health, God. I pray that she get good rest while she's over here in the States, God, that she has great, great time with her family um, and others who love her, God, um, so that when she goes back to Chad, Africa, she'll be fully charged um, and energized to continue the work that you have started in her um, and even to expand on it, as she has uh, explained to us a little bit with some maybe teachers who aren't as far along and who need some building uh, so that they can better share you and your son, Jesus Christ. God, we just, again, thank you for her and her work. We thank you for you. It's all about you, God. We give you all the honor and glory. Um, I pray, God, you give her safe travels. Keep her safe, her teams safe, God. Um, 
and watch over them, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name I ask and pray these things. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Um, Merry to Christmas. All and so, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, and may that be the joy of our season. Thank you all for joining us today, and um, we hope that you all were blessed uh, with this interview, and we look forward to seeing you all soon. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mission Remix Podcast. If you would like to hear more stories and conversations from those like our guests today, who are living missionally in their own cultures and neighborhoods, be sure to hit like or click subscribe from wherever you're listening to this show. If this episode was encouraging and inspiring to you, feel free to share it with others who could use some encouragement too. The Mission Remix is a podcast of South Main Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, where we work, support, and partner with many missionaries and pastors like the one you heard today around the greater Houston area. If you would like to know how you can further support mission endeavors like these, whether that be through generosity or service, you can email us at info at Until next time, keep living on mission for the sake of your own neighborhood.